Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, what's your favorite flavor of Gooigi? Pineapple. Uh, Black raspberry for me. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news in the week, including everything that we missed while we were at E3, um, and then come back on Thursday, because we are going to be determining which Nintendo characters should lose their jobs. That's right. Their fates are in our hands. <laughs> That's, yes. People will get a, a pink slip based on <laughs> what we decide on Thursday's episode. I mean, typical of our lives, right? Right, Patrick? That's right. Also, Mark, I'm not going to ask you how you are because you've already started talking. And two, I want to get into uh, the topic. I forgot that was a, I forgot that was a <laughs> feature forgot of this show. I normally say. But I first, totally Mark, forgot. how you doing? Tell you why, tell you why I was, I'm excited. I'm doing great, by the yeah, way. I, I, I explicitly didn't ask. I was just telling you what normally happens. Well, I'll tell you why <laughs> I'm doing so good. Please. Uh, last week when we were at E3, yeah. we were at the Nintendo booth waiting in line to play Link's Awakening and the Nintendo Minute people were like filming some stuff uh, yeah. up in the press area of the booth. They we were tried down, pretty hard to remember around. their names. Exactly. I said, I think her name's Krissa. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> His name's Kit, I'm pretty sure. Kit and Krissa. Uh, great news. Yeah. You can see us. No. Yes. I mean, we're very tiny, Uh huh. but you can see us. And I look so much like Waldo from Where's Waldo? So if somebody can spot us, because I I was able to find us. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So just look for the two most impatient people in that line, because if I don't know, did I, we talked about this on Thursday, but we were running dangerously close to missing our Final Fantasy. VII yeah, look for the like tall, lanky guy who's sweating profusely, checking a watch he doesn't own. Yeah, and then look for the other tall, lanky guy sweating profusely, <laughs> checking a watch he doesn't own, and you will have found the two of us. But we're there. I honestly don't know if you were describing yourself or me. <laughs> You'll never know. That's right. Um, the thing that I wanted to talk about was flavors very briefly. Oh. <laughs> uh, my my uh, of favorite flavor of uh, Jelly Belly Jelly Bean uh-huh. is Juicy Pear. Great. And I, sh- I should have said Juicy Pear. Oh, so you... Well, but here's the thing. Yeah. Is that Gooigi, as we'll get into, yes. is not a jelly belly. No, it is more of a, of like a gummy bear. Right. It's more of a gummy consistency. So, um, is is your favorite flavor of gummy bear also Juicy Pear? Uh, I don't think Juicy Pear is... Uh, I, I don't know that I've encountered a Juicy Pear flavored gummy bear. Well, then I'm going to go ahead and say it's a good thing you didn't say that, mm. because it wouldn't like scan sure, necessarily. It, it, it's thematically wrong. Here's another thing that's just like thematically wrong. Yeah. Sonic Forces. That's right. Uh the, actually the game has a very well I don't I don't want to get into it. You want to play <laughs> my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. All you got to do is email us with a mailing address and I send it to you. So email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. You get my copy of Sonic Forces. You play it for as long as you want. You want. And send it back after as long as you care to. That's you want would have been okay. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I wasn't sure. It didn't need to be like a progressive thing. Well, like I didn't know if somebody changed. was skipping this part already. And so they uh, would think point. that there's like an error in the track because we're just repeating ourselves. You want. Repeating ourselves. <laughs> repeating ourselves. Uh, yeah. So do that. Um, Mark, we got a debug. A small debug. Small. I, I blame this on like, because these things are never my fault. So I blame this on the hype mm-hmm. of the Breath of the Wild 2 reveal trailer. That's right. And in our Tuesday episode last week that we recorded right after we saw the Nintendo Direct, right after Nintendo had shown a trailer for Breath of the Wild 2, I was like, wow, isn't it crazy that they're like down in some like beneath Hyrule Castle and there's some like princess, maybe, maybe a former Zelda. And uh, you were like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I I do recall saying, what are you talking about? But then we totally just like... Yeah, blew past it. We just blew past it. 
So, I mean, obviously Nintendo hasn't confirmed this, but every analysis video on the internet, and Patrick at the time was yeah. like, that is clearly Ganondorf. I Did I say that is clearly no, Ganondorf? No, you didn't, but you're what? I said, said it with my, I said it with my eyes. <laughs> yes, which, you know, people <laughs> listening at home. It's hard to pick up on the yeah. mics. Um, okay, so that's Ganondorf. Uh, kind of cool because we see no Ganondorf in the course of Breath of the Wild. That's right. That's a big uh, component of Zelda mythology absent from Breath of the Wild. I've got to say, I don't remember Ganondorf having such, like, long, flowing hair. Well, I mean, he's been down in there, like, uh, I was going to say John Hughes, but that's not who I mean. The aviator? Who am I talking about? Howard Hughes. (laughs) Howard Hughes! (laughs) John Hughes is not a famous recluse who grew out his hair and fingernails. Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. So I'm really close to finishing Resident Evil 4. Yeah, how close? I'm on the final chapter right before the final chapter where it's basically just like the big end boss. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, there's a lot of enemies with turrets that are turret guns that are just firing at me. I forgot how much this game kind of becomes a military shooter at some points. Yes. Um, and there's actually just a lot about this game I forgot in general. It's been many years since I played it. I think the beginning of the game is way more memorable than the end. Yeah. That, and, I mean, even like the beginning half is yeah. more memorable than the, than the last half. I, I agree with that. Um, but there's still some good stuff in here. One part that I totally just like completely forgot about was all the stuff with Krauser. So I saw these names listed in our run of show here, and I was like, oh, yeah, I sort of remember that. Is he like a, an army guy? Yeah, he's like used to be Leon's partner. Okay. Maybe he's Russian. He calls him comrade all the time. I've got to admit, at this point in the story, I'm just like skipping cutscenes left sure. and right. So not Russian, but really like care. Soviet? <laughs> yeah, yes. Are you watching Chernobyl, by the way? <laughs> Too sad. <laughs> um, it got really good. <laughs> but there's... But anyways, this part is like, I completely forgot about it. You're like outdoors a little bit and then he attacks you and you have to like knife him yeah. to get him to go away. But it was just part of the game that I d- just totally blanked on. Like an entire like subplot in yeah. the game that I just totally forgot about. There was also the boss fight that we were trying to remember the name of like the, and again, I'm skipping cutscenes, So I'm not sure if he's a little person or if he's like a child who's been like possessed yeah the the napoleonic figure yeah so yeah. his name is salazar and there's his boss fight spoilers for this game which a little bit late but um salazar his fight there's like two giant tentacles yes and then like you're, a third you're tentacle on a balcony with like an right eye. yeah and yeah. i remember it being such a difficult fight yeah but i have found the cheat for all boss fights in this game rocket launcher for real, I've been like gathering treasure and making sure I always have one rocket launcher with me. Yeah, um, just fire one rocket at him. Salazar is like the the tentacle with the eye. You have to like shoot the eye, and then a- after like three or four shots, um, like the te- the eye tentacle like goes down, and Salazar is enclosed in this like rib cage type thing, and it like opens up, and yeah, one uh rocket launch to the face, and just yeah. like boom, he's gone. But that's pretty much the trick for every boss in this fight. Yeah, if you well, are- that's uh, kind of Resident Evil standard is that, like, if you want to, like, you'll get access to a rocket launcher at some point. Usually it's very late in the game, um, and that, like, that's the key to actually beating uh, a boss or beating him quickly. Yeah. Just I mean, one shot. That is how Resident Evil 4 ends, Yeah, right? You, like, um, I can't remember the name of the guy. It's not Wesker. We talked about that uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. He's, he turns into this big, like, spider thing. And you, at the very end, after you've, like, taken him down a little bit, uh, Ada Wong throws a rocket launcher down, and you pick that up, and, like, that's the final thing that you do. So yeah. it is definitely Resident Evil 4 Yeah. Well, and also just Resident, or just Resident Evil Evil-y. Like, that, that's general. how the first Resident Evil ends as well. You're running around a helicopter landing pad, and the tyrant is just, like, slowly walking around. And eventually the helicopter gets close enough to toss down a rocket launcher. You take it, and you blast it. I've I've really been enjoying this game so much. I think I've put about maybe 16 hours into it. Yeah, it sounds uh, right. I've really been trying to like explore and do be very methodical. Once I finish this, I'm going to do the separate ways campaign, which I've never done before. Yeah, I'm um, not even sure I know what that is. I think it's uh, I believe that it is something that uh, 
premiered on the PlayStation 2 version of the game. Yeah. And it is just like what Ada Wong is. You play as Ada Wong. Huh. And it's like what is she is doing in like the parts of the story where you don't see her. I like that a lot. But also, I've been playing this game and some of the areas in it, I'm like, oh my gosh, how are you like, how do speed runs of this work? Yeah. And so I was watching a speed run of it. I think it was done in like GDQ 2018. I can't remember if it was summer or uh like the winter one. Yeah. But they he pl- on professional he plays the game in like an hour thirty, and the trick is you just don't fight enemies. Like you, you just, just run, run through. <laughs> That's awesome. Like there was one where I was like, "How did they do this quickly?" And the answer was they didn't bother trying to take out the enemies. Right. They just like just open that next door. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have been playing. I-, I picked up the collection of mana or the mana collection, whatever it's called. The uh. That was announced during the Nintendo Direct. Um, I picked it up uh, that that evening when we got back from um, E3, and I have been playing the Legend of Mana, uh, aka Final Fantasy Adventure, which means that I have been spending a lot of time playing a Game Boy game on my Switch. Um, I have yet to put it up on the TV. I've just been playing it all in handheld mode because that feels better for whatever reason. Playing a Game Boy game, um, and the game holds up surprisingly well. Like um, I'm shocked at how uh engaging it is for long stretches and like how much i feel like i am like actually invested in the growth of my character um and uh i mean like the story is super simple but i'm able to follow it which is not something i actually expect from a game boy rpg like you know i I usually expect to have to like look up a bunch of stuff like i have no idea what these characters are saying to each other uh so i'll see where the internet says i should go but this has been a a totally um non-lookup experience and i'm really enjoying it uh and as such have not really moved on to secret of mana or trials of mana yet um and but i will probably skip over secret to go to trials once uh I'm, i'm done with legends um also i think it's weird uh that game is called legend of mana but the Game Boy game that it that we got in the States is Final Fantasy Adventure, which is different from Final Fantasy Legend, which is the one that's like Saga. It's like a Saga Frontier game. There's just a lot of naming conventions going on here that are like crisscrossing in my mind. and I don't like it. Um, and then uh, Sarah and I this weekend have been replaying for I don't know what number time the Super Mario 3D World. Um, on the Wii U uh and we uh we beat the like f- the Bowser boss the final Bowser boss and then you know there are a bunch of secret levels after it um but that last Bowser fight in Super Mario 3D World is on par with the festival in New Donk City from Super Mario Odyssey just in terms of like hype and spectacle um, it does such a good job of like just being exciting and pulling in all these uh, different aspects of the game to just be fun and awesome. Um, and I just like I think that that's something that I love in Mario games. Like I love the platforming. I love like the moment to moment gameplay, but that they can also deliver this like and now this just feels really cool moment. Like it's so good. I've only played a little bit of Super Mario 3D World at your house. Yeah. And I'm hopeful that that's a game that, like, gets announced in a September direct I mean, for it's, release it's in, like, gotta. January. Kind of to fill the spot that New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe yeah. felt uh, filled this year. Yeah. Well, and uh, that's, that's also the kind of thing that, uh, like, I think we need that and not just the Super Mario 3D World uh, assets in uh, Mario Maker 2. Because, like... Yeah, we'll be able to get all the, not all, obviously, because it's in 2D instead of, like, the sort of three-dimensional plane. Um, You'll be able to get all the kinds of levels, but, like, not that Nintendo are designing to just be amazing, right? Yeah, and it also just feels like it's the last big Nintendo first-party game on Wii U that hasn't made it to Switch. And I feel like it's going to be a little bit of time before we see an Odyssey 2 or whatever the next Super Mario game is. So it just, to me, it makes a lot of sense to bring that one over. Yeah, it is also just so good. Like, I forget every time, uh, whenever I'm not playing it, I forget that the game itself is incredible. And it always, like, it's got such a good, like, loop of, like, I I know I can do that better. Like, I I know I can get in there and I, I can beat this level. And some of the challenges are absolutely insane. Um, and like, I don't know that I play a video game that makes me laugh harder 
than Sarah and I playing this game together where we're like singing along to the music or like getting in each other's way or just like laughing at the, the, the I don't know the game is so funny and like I just I just love it and I can't it's surprising to me every time how much I love it also Pikmin stands I didn't forget about Pikmin 3 no you are omitting it on purpose We'll play through Pikmin 3 at some point, right? I'm sure it's coming to Switch. <laughs> All right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. On Thursday, June 20th, Catan, the um, board game, is coming. Well, the Switch video game version that's right. of the board game. It would be weird if we just started talking about new releases of board games, right? Uh, why is this just called Catan and not instead of Settlers of Catan? Yeah. Uh, maybe they thought it'd be it's like sexier, but like everyone knows it as Settlers of Catan. Do they? Uh, great point. Um, and then also my friend Pedro mm-hmm. is released. Uh, that was one of the games shown off in the uh, Nindy Direct. Um, that we had Michael Delaney on to talk about. Um, back in March. March. Um. And uh, yeah, it looks like a, a stylish, crazy uh, 2D like action game. Looks neat. And then on Friday, June 21st, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled is released on Switch. Nitro Fueled. Um, do you? I always have room in my heart for a new kart racer. Um, but except like, Hello Kitty Cruisers for whatever reason. I did not expressly say no to Hello Kitty Cruisers. Also, n- neither of us picked up um, the Sonic Racing game. Or uh, Garfield Racing. Well, I mean, oh, we also didn't pick up the Nicktoons Racer. Or like... Uh, and that, that has Ninja Turtles in it, Mark. <laughs> or like it, Fruit uh, Kart Racing. There was one where like it was old yeah. people. I don't... Yeah. An old people kart racer? Yeah. So we're not going to pick up this game is no. what you're telling me. Right. I have, I, I, um, have expressed previously, like, I don't feel anything about Crash Bandicoot. So... <laughs> you don't feel hatred. You don't feel sympathy for it Mm-mm. you're just like it's like you know that scene from uh mad, mad men. men yeah exactly <laughs> when he's in the elevator with uh ginsburg uh-huh. and uh ginsburg's like i feel sorry for you and and don goes i don't think about you at all that's me and crash god i love it so much <laughs> all right mark let's get out of the new releases Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today you have posed a question. That's right. If... uh. If we were tragic heroines uh-huh. in a romance, okay. how would we die? I, I'm thinking specifically of uh, Nicole Kidman's character in Moulin Rouge. Okay. Uh, so if we were that character? No, no, no. Not if we were Tuberculosis. <laughs> I mean, look, consumption is the answer right. to 90% of this. Right. But what are the tragic circumstances in which we would uh, die? Right. Okay, sure. And so we're not... Uh, Nicole Kidman's character from Moulin Rouge specifically, right? But we are that archetype. We are we are a Kidman type. Yes. Okay. Um. Geez, this is tough. I feel like I would wind up on a pirate ship at some point. Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, my are you penniless or no, no, are no, you no, like no, no. secretly rich? I'm I'm secretly rich. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm being uh, ferried across the sea to get to uh, you know my my true love, uh, and I'm being fair, or my, maybe not my true love, but to who I am betrothed. Yes, right. Um, That's right, because your true love is ends dead. up being this pirate captain. Yes, of course. There we go. Uh, but we don't Very know much that. Alive. We no, don't. No, no, no. We don't know that at first. Um, so I, I would guess that the uh, we get shipwrecked first of all. Uh, and so we're stranded on a, on a desert island, and we have to start eating crew members mm-hmm. in order to stay alive. And obviously, I'm a high value, uh, um, I'm high value cargo for for this pirate captain. So he makes sure that I always get a meal. And you know, when they're like, uh, "We should eat Patrick," uh, that the, the captain's like, "No, no, 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 no. He's he, we we got to keep him alive." Um, and then uh, and then they get down to just like the last couple of people, and then they do decide to eat me. <laughs> Do we? I'm sorry, but all you also have consumption. 
Uh, oh, why, yes. why all yes, of this course. is happening, you're like coughing in blood into a handkerchief and like, but hiding it, keeping That's it right. hidden from people. So people don't feel bad for you. Right. Yeah. Y- yes. Exactly. Yeah. I will be the first character in a movie who, or, or a novel or whatever, who coughs blood into a handkerchief and then doesn't die <laughs> from from whatever made me no, cough up that blood. cannibalism gets you first. That's right. Wow. That's good. That's a twist. Uh, what about you, Mark? I think I'm like a Frankenstein's monster type creation. Okay. Where I've been cobbled together from, you know, just like parts in a cemetery. Well, let but, me ask, let okay, me ask yeah, you this. Is, please. Is your, uh, is your lover also a Frankenstein-esque monster? Yes. Okay, so you course. are a bride of, uh, <laughs> not bride, <laughs> well, whatever, sure. Yeah, sure. I am a bride of Frankenstein. Right. But here's the tragic part of it. Yes. Is all of like the body parts I was... Uh, put together from all those people died of consumption. Oh so no! I'm born with impervious to consumption. <laughs> That's exactly it already killed I'm, you. Yes, what? so I'm born. I, you know, I it can't hurt you anymore. I'm impervious to it. So the tragedy of it yeah. is that all the people that I know in life are dying of consumption, but I continue to soldier on. Uh, Mark, is it a problem? Let me let me ask you this: Is yeah. it a problem that both you and I went immediately off genre? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Please, oh, we brought it back. Oh right? yeah. So yeah, really, yeah. what we were doing is uh, we were like playing with the tropes. Sure. Right. Sure. Like we were being faithful to it, but we were also like tickling it a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I. I. Hey. I get it. Of course it. you know what I um, mean. So, okay. In your case, though, we just got to the tragedy is that you can't die of consumption. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I've you already been You do have to dead. die somehow. Y- yes. Right. So, here's the thing. is People, yeah. because they don't understand right. that I am immune to consumption, but just because I'm immune to it doesn't mean that I'm not a carrier. Oh, right? Because I'm sure. rotting. Right. And, like, I'm walking around people and they're You're breathing You're probably carrying in. a lot of diseases. Yeah. Not that's just right. consumption. That's right. I shouldn't just blame it on consumption. Right. And so finally, You're bringing back the Black Plague. <laughs> so people are getting, like, a little upset. Mm-hmm. They're not happy that I'm around. And I get that. Like, I'm sympathetic because I'm, uh, you know, like, I a have A Frankenstein empathy. monster, yeah. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and so the villagers get mad and they, like, all get together. And they're, like, burn the Bride of Frankenstein. And oh. I'm like, I think you mean the Bride of Frankenstein's monster, but by but I'm saying that as they're like burning me, so right. And then someone just shoots you because they're like, "Oh, shut up with that Frankenstein's monster <laughs> crap!" Exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank so you, you for doing the accent. Be- yes. Thank you for doing the accent because it's very important that this is all this is all taking place <laughs> in the American in South- the American Southwest. <laughs> I mean, honestly, why is there no American Frankenstein story? Like, let's do. Uh, oh, oh, well, I guess we'll never know what, what we need to do. Uh, we were accompanied today by uh, an unnamed ensemble at Hunter College. And I just wanted to point out that this video of 433 has only 46 views. 47. Oh, that, that's right. We have now upped it by one. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Lots of news to catch up on that's right. after E3 last week. Um, Kotaku interviewed Kensuke Tanabe, the director of Luigi's Mansion 3, mm-hmm. and Tanabe wanted a greater emphasis on boss fights in this game. He said that if it were up to him, all the boss fights in Dark of the Moon sh- would be remade. Uh, wow. That's a lot of shade on the uh, Dark of the Moon team. Here's a, fun, here's a fun fact. We keep saying it, so I think we should continue to do it, but the game is actually called Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Is that right? Yeah. What is Dark of the Moon? It is a Transformers movie. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? We're too we're in too deep. Sure. So we're going to continue to call it Dark of the Moon. But I just want everybody to know that that's not that a debug. <laughs> right. It's like Pikmin Three. That's right. We're and also, to ignore it. also Luigi's Mansion Three now is of course subtitled Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> um. But yeah. Okay. So I didn't play Dark of the Moon. <laughs> So, but you played a little bit. So, what are like the boss fights in that? I know they got rid of the portrait ghost, yeah. which was from the first game, which they made a big point of saying in the third game they brought that back. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't remember. That so, seems like it, a it, it must have been uh, not uh, not super memorable fights. Um, so, I, I like that uh, they are saying, "Hey, that thing that wasn't very memorable, we should make them memorable." Development started on the Wii U, mm-hmm. but started for real after Metroid Prime Federation Forces was released. 
Uh, okay, uh, a, a weird little marker in time. Does well, that I guess like both those games were developed by Next Level Games. Mm, okay. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Uh, Federation Force was developed by Next Level Games. So I guess it makes sense that maybe they dab they like dabbled with it on Wii U. They started working on Federation Force, and then when that was done, they pivoted back to Luigi's Mansion Three. That makes sense. Uh, Luigi's Mansion Three takes place on a continuous timeline with the other two games. Uh, which that is they're, like, cool. Right after each other? Well, I mean, it it stands in contrast to the Super Mario games, which may as well all take place. Sure, who, different who time knows streams, or cares whatever. When, yeah. Right. Um, and that this one is like Luigi has been through this twice. So he's like battle hardened. Absolutely. He's they, less scared. Yeah, he's oh, he's still scared. <laughs> but he is less scared. Yeah. An important distinction. Uh the game is not mission based, and Luigi will be able to roam freely around floors. When he gets access to them. Uh, which is nice because uh, Dark of the Moon was a little bit more like you accomplished something, then it kicked you back to like the lab with Professor Egad. Then you just had to like keep going back in. There was a lot of needless uh, chit chat with him. One of the cool things, I don't, did you have a chance to watch any of the Treehouse Live coverage for Luigi's mm-hmm. Mansion 3? No, I don't think so. They talk about because like it's a hotel, and they said one of the reasons they chose a hotel was that it's easy to understand the layout of the floors that way because in a hotel you know like oh i'm in a room so above me is another room yeah and so they're doing little things where like water might be dripping from the ceiling oh. of a room and so you know that if you go one floor up to that same location that it's going to be a room where like cool. the bath room is overflowing or something like that uh the name luigi's mansion and the style of gameplay will will always be synonymous so you won't see like a Luigi's Mansion game that's a straight up platformer or something like that. Right. And it also means that you're not going to see an entry in this uh, series called Luigi's Hotel or Luigi's Ghost Ship, even though that's a good one. That's a great idea. In an interview with Game Informer, Tanabe said that some uh, said some more awesome things about Luigi's Mansion 3. Like, he thinks Gooigi is like a gummy bear, so you could probably eat him if you wanted to. Yeah. His answer to this uh, Kotaku question is pretty funny because he's like everyone's asking me <laughs> about can you eat gooigi or what is gooigi made of and so he thinks it's like a gummy bear not like a jelly bean uh he wants luigi's appearance in games to rival mario's good luck and uh he also implied that it's more likely that waluigi would team up with wario than with luigi which i think that makes sense yeah i, th- I Absolutely. I mean, Mario doesn't team up with Wario. He also joked about a Waluigi's Mansion game. Yeah, but don't get your hopes up, internet. That's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Waluigi is not the, like, fully formed character that Wario or Luigi or Mario is. Right. He immediately becomes less funny if you have to spend, like, the whole game with him. Like, if we just see, you know, animated GIFs of him on Twitter, that's all we need. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Mario Maker 2 is getting post- a post-launch update to include the ability to play online with friends. This was something that they also announced, I believe, at Treehouse Live when they talked about Mario Maker 2 pretty briefly. Yeah. It comes out in just a couple weeks. Uh, and pretty early, too. They may have even announced it while you and I were recording. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's good news because that seemed like one of those things that... like. We didn't fully understand during the the uh, Mario Maker Two Direct, um, and then as soon as we did understand, where it's like, oh yeah, there is online play, but you can't play with friends, and we were like, what? Um, and now, now we can. Hey, because look, we want to play games online with our friends. I don't think that's irrational. No, I don't either. So it's nice to see they listened to feedback and decided to like prioritize that. Yeah. Two pieces of more good guy Nintendo news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Animal Crossing was delayed to March 2020, but that was partially because Nintendo did not want to impose longer days or crunch conditions on their workers. Uh, good on Nintendo. Yeah, totally worth it. Uh, yeah, because look, Animal Crossing is going to be fun whenever it comes out. Um, and if it comes out in March, that just increases the likelihood that I will still be playing uh, when the summer rolls around and I can catch some summer bugs. Doug Bowser spoke to Forbes about the company's approach to in-game purchases and microtransactions, saying, quote, Well, I'd step back and say first, pay mechanics have been part of gaming for quite some time. They have the ability to bring fun, different, and optional ways to play games and enjoy games. For us in Nintendo, we look at games and in-game mechanics differently. We have a wide variety of options, and we really determine those based on the type of game 
we're build or type of games we're building and the platform that we're building on. Most important for us is that the game is always fun and engaging, and that's critical. And so we'll continue to review how people are playing games. If we need to, from a mobile perspective, make ad- a- uh, adaptions, adaptations, mm-hmm. we can. The underlying importance is that they're fun and engaging. And thank you so much for being like the uh, fourth grade teacher to my reading. <laughs> where I'm like, adaptations, adaptations. There we go. Very good. Very good. good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I that was an earnest thank you. <laughs> I need positive re- encouragement. Uh and this is good. I think. I agree. That uh I you know and like any time that we hear about like Nintendo and like microtransactions it seems like they are aware that uh what they need to do is make sure that the experience is fun before it is profitable um because it won't be profitable if it is not fun. Um and I just like to hear that sort of thing reiterated by someone who is the, you know, the president of Nintendo of America. Yeah, definitely. Um, side note, per CNET.com, Nintendo's stock fell about 3.5% after the Direct on Tuesday, Tuesday, presumably on news about the Animal Crossing delay, and thus, like, Nintendo potentially having a thinner holiday release schedule than anticipated, which just goes to show... No good deed goes yeah, unpunished. Exactly. Um, also... Nintendo, they didn't have like some big response to Google Stadia or Microsoft's big streaming plans. So, which is nothing that we could possibly expect of them, right? Like, I mean, we're all just grateful that like uh, the eShop works consistently. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, baby steps, baby steps. Plus, baby we all know steps. that Microsoft Game Pass is coming to Switch any day now. It's gonna happen. Look, I am playing Battletoads on my Switch. <laughs> It's, it, I'm just going to. Uh, Nintendo also shared a few more details about Animal Crossing New Horizons. We now know for sure it will support the Nintendo Switch online app for voice chat. Great. Uh, it'll have touchscreen support. Interesting. Yeah, which is pretty cool because, of course, like the last few handheld games, you know, they were all on the DS or 3DS, so you could control it with the touchscreen. Uh, it'll support Amiibos and... They say cloud saves won't be available, quote, to avoid manipulating time. So I'm not totally sure how the absence of cloud saves would keep you from manipulating time. If if your save isn't on a cloud and is therefore only checking the date that you have on your Switch, Uh it seems like it would be easier to manipulate time with just a local save. I'm sorry. I, I... Is... Oh, cloud saves won't be available to. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I get. I get how it discourages you from, um, like giving away all of your things to like another player and then reloading your mm-hmm. save from the cloud. I get that. It's the same thing as the the Pokemon thing. But the time manipulation and every outlet that has reported on this has said to avoid time manipulation. But I don't know why that works. I don't. I have no idea either. If you know, you can write to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and explain it to me slowly. Yeah. Because <laughs> right now, it sounds to me... Really dumb it down. Really dumb it down. Right now, it, to me, cloud saves would be a surefire way, if it was cloud saves only, a surefire way to prevent time manipulation. Here's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And this is just a shot in the dark. Shoot. Is that maybe... Because, you know, one of the ways that you earn bells in previous games is by, like, planting and harvesting very like specific and special um what like fruit or items or like yeah. mushrooms or whatever so i'm wondering if like you could keep doing like keep restoring a cloud save to continue to harvest them but then i guess like you would never be able to redeem them because you would just always be going back to the cloud save unless you're somehow you're sending them. them if you're doing it in your game and sending them to me and i'm doing it in my game and sending them to you but that's so that that is a way that like that that item trading and like just like Pokemon trading where like yeah that does seem like something you don't want people to do. But in my mind, that is not time manipulation. Time manipulation is skipping ahead seven days so that you can just have the fruits of whatever you whatever tree you planted, or skipping ahead to winter so you can you know get the. Uh, whatever Christmas things. Yeah, this is why we need a listener to explain it to us like they were explaining it to a four-year-old. Yeah, really dumb it down. Like, do it as, like, 
the most stupid you possibly can yeah and then double and the then, stupidity right. however stupid you think is stupid enough make it dumber and then we'll understand yeah you're doing us a favor <laughs> also mr Rossetti has lost his job because oh. the game has an autosave feature right so there will be no need to reset or save your game and look it's it's a hard like environment out there for somebody whose job it is to regulate game saves because autosave is kind of just a standard feature nowadays it's true uh, so he has a gofundme yeah can... he does you can donate to it uh it's he's really sick <laughs> so like he he needs those donations uh this is what Mark well, you I... don't know this because mr Rossetti is actually cobbled together from other he's oh interesting. mr Rossetti's monster people I, just always make that they mistake. always just call him mr Rossetti. um <laughs> not dr Rossetti's monster um this is why you and i will be talking about nintendo other nintendo characters that should lose their job um you know once one loses their job it's it, yeah, it's a domino effect, right? Sure, it's the, the uh, canary in the coal mine. Right, so we got a couple pink slips to hand out, and we will get to those uh, on Thursday. Also, a uh, few more details-ish about the unnamed Breath of the Wild sequel. In an interview with Kotaku, uh, A.G. O- I always get this wrong. A.G. Aonuma. Yeah, thank you. Uh, dodged questions about whether or not Zelda or any other non-link character was playable. Um, We saw Aonuma at uh, E3. We did, yeah. He was... Uh, up on like the second floor where Treehouse Live was being filmed, just kind of like looking out, watching everybody in the Link's Awakening line, surveying his kingdom like Mufasa on Pride Rock. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So he uh, dodged questions about whether, because kind of the scuttlebutt now is, is the game co-op and can you play as Zelda? And he very specifically didn't answer the question. Well, uh, which they never do, and of course she never turns out to be playable. But <laughs> one of my favorite bits of speculation is that people were saying in the trailer, Zelda has a haircut. She has very short yes. hair. People were saying that the reason they did that mm. is because with all of the animations that it would require if she was playable, if her hair was long, there'd be a lot of clipping, and this avoids that. Great point. So definitive, put it in the book. That's right. Uh, it. In an interview with IGN, he said he thought it was, quote, interesting that people were speculating that the game was co-op. Um, which that... Him saying, it, look, it's interesting that everyone's saying that kind of implies to me that it's possible that it is. I, I don't know. I mean, we don't, we don't need to read too much, too much into this, but, you know, her hair is short. <laughs> uh, two more pieces of Aonuma Zelda insights from E3 interviews. He mentioned that Nintendo remakes and re-releases Zelda games so frequently because they're all so different in terms of art style and gameplay. Aonuma was, asked, was also asked about porting Skyward Sword without motion controls. And he said that that would be, quote, almost impossible. Um, it's very funny uh, when this question is, is posed of him. Uh, he goes, so you just control it with buttons? That'd be almost impossible. <laughs> also, uh, the point he makes about the Zelda games are so different in terms of like style and even substance um, and gameplay a lot of times. That was something that you pointed out, you, that while we were at E3, we were waiting in line for Link's Awakening. And it had all of those like really cute, adorable, toy-like um yeah the dioramas the dioramas compared to the very dark breath of the wild yeah sequel trailer that we had just seen and that they same both- same series getting new releases uh, and both being showcased in the same nintendo direct and one is like the darkest scariest most twisted thing and then the other one is this like toy diorama link on an island it's crazy it's, it's- crazy and uh, I, I mean, I think it's just a testament to Nintendo that they're able to maintain both of those. And we're all like, yeah, it's all Zelda. And yeah. it's all right. And we're ex- happy. And we love of all of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's really remarkable. Uh, how, how do you say this character's name? Dan- Dampy? Dan- Dampy's, uh, Dampy's presence in Link's Awakening in the dungeon creation portion of the game is because dungeon making is tricky and he's mysterious. Also, when asked if players would be able to share their dungeons online, he told Game Informer, quote, Maybe another time I can present a little more for you. Um, so, are we going to be able to share, share dungeons? dungeons? I think that I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think that 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 makes sense to me too. Um, also, I think it's cute that they're like, yeah, making dungeons is hard, and uh, you know, he's mysterious. So, like, that's the same, right? <laughs> oh, I like, love Nintendo. Like, you just needed another character. It's okay to be like, I don't know, we liked him because he's got a big underbite. <laughs> Uh, we've talked in the past about how only Pokemon 
from the Galar Pokedex will be transferable to Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. I'm not sure if we did talk about this because it broke during E3. Oh, good point. Uh, yeah, so, so maybe, maybe we, we, we did talk about it. We just didn't talk about it on mic. Look, Mark and I spent a lot of time together last week. And so not it, all of our conversations are recorded. For your benefit, we control the amount of this that we put out. Um, Famitsu landed an interview with Junichi Masuda and Shigeru Omori that elaborated on this a little bit. Not only is it more labor-intensive to render Pokemon in HD, there were concerns about balancing them all for gameplay. There's almost like a thousand Pokemon at this point. Yeah, it would be... It it would be rough to have them all in the same, you know, battle machine together. They mentioned that this was evidently even tricky for Sun and Moon. Yeah, which, uh, again, how many Pokemon end up being in Sun and Moon? Like 800? It's a lot. Yeah. There's no guarantee that Sword and Shield will be updated in the future to add more Pokemon to the Galar Pokedex. Great. Um, But in that spirit, they're hoping to highlight Pokemon not in the Galar Pokedex in future games. Mm-hmm. Also, Masuda said that he was interested in players being able to export Pokemon from Pokemon Home to future Pokemon spinoff games, which would be the first home bank integration for spinoff games. Uh, which is cool um, that uh, Pokemon Bank has been such a mainstay of the uh, main series uh, that it is cool to see that functionality being applied in the future, at any rate, um, to spinoff games uh, is neat. So neither you or me are like really big or dedicated Pokemon fans in the sense that we like have an entire Pokedex that we yeah. carry with us from game to game. So I'm, but I am sympathetic to people to like hardcore players who that is an integral part of the game. Totally. Um, I also get it from their perspective. Like it, it is just a ton of Pokemon. They're on a self-imposed admittedly, but like very tight schedule. Cause you know, when they launch a big like Pokemon sword and shield game, the game is just one tiny aspect of yeah. the whole machine. Oh, totally. Like there's a new anime, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Toys, 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 toys. And this isn't the first time that Pokemon has done something like this. I think in Heart, in one, uh, I can't remember which ones it is. Yeah. But in one of the games, you know, they, they did the same sort of thing where they didn't have all the Pokemon. And I think even if in Sword and Shield doesn't eventually get support for all of them, we know that down the line, in you know like four or five years they're going to announce a new pokemon game that is like one of the big features is it has all the pokemon yeah and i mean that's it's an important thing to remember too that like every time they do a new generation um there's like a hundred new pokemon so like the fact that this the uh roster of these monsters just gets bigger and bigger um, it seems like when a new Mortal Kombat game comes out, we're not like, okay, so there's uh, all the Mortal Kombat games, or all the Mortal Kombat characters, plus a, a whole bunch of new ones. Like, we don't demand that everyone be in every single game. And that's got to be okay. Yeah. It's just got to be. I mean, it's it's just, it's been so long since they've had to do another one of these, like, breaks. Yeah. Um, that I think we, everybody has just become so used to the idea that, oh, there's a new Pokemon game. Of course, it's going to have like everybody in the Pokedex. Yeah. Um, and people, some people were very upset about this. So I, I'm sure they are hearing the criticism and it'll be interesting to see how they respond. Yeah. The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is getting a special Dreamer edition that includes a 120 page hardcover art book. Which uh, looks pretty smart. It, like, it's, it's a good looking art book. And you get it for only like 10 bucks more. Yeah. It's listed at $69.99 on Best Buy and GameStop. But what I really wish we were getting oh, was yeah. the European version of the Dreamer Edition. It includes an incredibly cool, like, Game Boy Steelbook case. Yeah, I'm so jealous of this thing because the steel case looks like it's a Game Boy. It looks like it's a Game Boy playing Link's Awakening. <sighs> I mean, you could import it if you wanted to. That's true. Actually, it's... I don't know if you could. It's probably sold out. Probably sold out, like, immediately. Great point. Well, if anyone uh, picked it up and wanted to just send it to me, <laughs> I wouldn't argue. <laughs> Uh, I love this. The NPD top five best-selling games on Wii for 2018 are as follows. Now, hold on. Just so that the premise of this is clear. Yeah. This is the NPD top five best-selling games on the Nintendo Wii. Not the Wii U, not the Switch, not the 3DS. The Wii for 2018 are as follows. Number one. Yes. Just Dance 2019. Sure, that tracks. Number two. Just Dance 2018. Yes. Number three. Just Dance 2017. Uh-huh. Number four, Just Dance 2016. Yes. And number five, New Super Mario <laughs> Brothers Wii. 
So if you want to know why Just Dance 2020 is coming to the Switch and the Wii. That's why. There you go. Yep. Because uh, it, it, it will knock New Super Mario Brothers Wii right out of there. I love it. <laughs> uh, speaking of pl- platforms that are dead, but not forgotten. Uh, Doug Bowser gave an interview to Time Magazine about the success of the Switch. The topic turned to the 3DS, and Bowser confirmed that Nintendo had no plans for new software on the 3DS this year, but the 3DS business is still doing well. Uh, so uh, good for them, I guess. Um, this is consistent with what you and I have been saying for a while, right? That we're not going to get any new and anything new on that machine probably ever again. Yeah, I, I'm sure like atlas or somebody will continue to publish i think they i think think it's like done done i think that was it i I mean you really don't after persona q2 you really i can't think of a single 3ds game that's coming out yeah and if one shows up on our new releases uh list we will talk about it yeah because it's a curiosity at this point hey we got a release date for dr mario world dr mario world is coming to ios and android on july 10th that's Really soon. That's yeah. like two weeks away or mm-hmm. something. Uh, it's currently available to pre-order, which by it's free, right? So I assume it just means like you can. Yeah, I think it actually it does list or something. Download it onto your. F- I did it already. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the the game is either waiting for me on my phone, and I'll be able to actually. Oh wow! So it just like doesn't unlock or something. Until. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Uh, it looks like a match three puzzler mm-hmm. where you have an unlimited number of pills. No, a limited number of pills. Of course, a big difference. <laughs> right. Uh, unlimited number of pills would be like the normal Dr. Mario gameplay. This is uh, each level. Um, you ha- It'll say like you have 18 pills and then uh, you kind of like place them on the map uh, to defeat the viruses. It starts with five worlds, but they will add more in time. So what is a world in Dr. Mario World? Great question. Uh, this is just part of the, the trailer. They said like we will we'll be starting with five worlds and of course we will add more over time. And just like uh, the healthcare system in real life, diamonds are the premium currency That's in right. the game. Every time I go to Kaiser, I bring a bag of diamonds with me. And new doctors with unique skills uh, that will be available for purchase with coins or diamonds. Right. So diamonds being the premium that you had to spend like human money on and the coins being what you actually earn through the course of the game. So it's Dr. Mario World, but Dr. Mario is only one of uh, like of many all, doctors. Of a whole host. There's a Toad Doctor. There is a uh, Luigi Doctor, a Peach Doctor, uh, I think a Yoshi Doctor. And uh, I don't know if he's just an enemy, but there's definitely a Bowser Doctor in here as well. Uh, the next Tetris Maximus Cup has been announced for this coming weekend. It runs Friday, June 21st through Sunday, June 23rd. Points will be awarded the same way they were during the last two tournaments. There's, n- But this time there's no like special theme or reward or anything for getting 100 points yeah last time if you got 100 points you unlock the um the retro game boy, game skin. boy. yeah uh then 999 players with the highest point totals will again win 999 my nintendo cult coins yes so this is identical basically to the second tetris maximus cup um it's a tetris 99 uh tournament so you know that i will be playing tetris this weekend and finally there's going to be just one more Splatfest in splatoon 2 before support for the game is sunsetted man I we've been reporting on these for as long as the as long as the game has been out. Yeah, crazy. Always tacking them on to the end of the news to be like, and finally, uh, it's the end of an era mm-hmm. in more ways than one because the theme is order versus versus chaos. I love it. Marina represents order. Pearl represents chaos. Uh, I'm guessing this will influence the events of Splatoon Three. Yeah, based, sure. Kind of like how the final Splatfest in Splatoon One influenced the events of Splatoon Two. Uh, the oh sorry, go ahead. Were you no, say go. Oh, okay, the event runs from Thursday, July eighteenth, to Sunday, July twenty first, making it a full weekend of Splatfesting, which is great because the Splatfests have really just been running for a day, like for twenty four hours. Um, and usually, uh, when one of them comes up, I'm like, oh, that that'll be fun. I, I would do that, and then I forget about it. And it's like hard to jump in a little bit. Yeah, when it's j- just Saturday. But this is Thursday to Sunday. I think we should make like an effort to actually like participate in this one. I think. So, for sure. I was going to say, like, listeners, tell us which team you're going to join. Uh, I mean, everyone's going to be on Team Order, right? Because <laughs> Marina. I mean, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going jo- to join that troll Pearl's team. 
after the splat f- oh uh all previous versions of shifty station will be in rotation which is super cool uh new gear will be available for participants mm-hmm. and after the splat fest version splatoon or version 5.0 of splatoon 2 will be released allowing players to host their own splat fest with all 24 versions of shifty station well uh, which is pretty cool uh, I, I like that even though uh, Splatfests, like, as a big organ... I, I'm not even totally sure I know what it means for players to host their own Splatfests, but that's uh, still pretty cool. And again, this ends the new content for Splatoon 2, although the online service will continue to be supported, which feels crazy to me, one, that they've supported it for this long with continual updates of new stages and weapons and items and everything. Yep. But also, too, it really does feel a little bit like the end of an era. Yeah, uh, and I'm you know the the game has become so much bigger and so much richer than when it started, um, and uh, yeah, I mean now we can start the speculation about when and uh, what Splatoon three is going to be. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun, man. <laughs> um, so we'll you know talk more about Splatoon three. Uh, maybe we'll do an episode about it. Ooh, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. I just came up with it now, and we'll do it later. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, uh, share it somewhere. Put it up on, print it out, and put it up on a bulletin board at your local coffee shop with a little pull tab on the bottom, and uh, print out a link to the episode on that pull tab so someone can take it home and uh, type that into their phone and listen to the episode. Or, uh, you know, on Twitter. On Twitter, I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. You can also just check out our Facebook page, which is Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Uh, our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying buttered popcorn is a very popular jelly belly flavor as well i don't think that's what gooigi tastes like though and thanks for listening campfire